Hi everyone, this is Jean-Marc. I am the creator of DataMesh, uh, the founder of Next Data. We are reimagining what data sharing could look like. We are growing our team rapidly and we need you. If you are a distributed systems engineer, if you're a product manager or designer of a large-scale PaaS SaaS infrastructure, please check out our page at nextdata.com and look at our open roles. We'd love to hear from you. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know, my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. Decommissioning, appropriately decommissioning existing data platforms in your data mesh journey. Mesh musings number 50. So this one seems to be a bit of a like hidden topic or discussion. It seems to be something that people keep getting tripped up on that nobody really wants to discuss. It's almost like a topic of, of secret shame among data mesh practitioners. They gasp still have their existing data platforms running and managing data, sometimes even aspects of a data product or, you know, they call the end output of this thing from their existing, their legacy data platform, a data product or whatever. But alas, does it exactly meet the data mesh standard or, you know, the what we're really aiming for with data mesh? Am I going to take them to data mesh court for not actually you know, producing a perfect data product? If you haven't gotten my vibe by now from past episodes, the answer is just a hard no. Of course, I'm not going to do that. It's not as if your organization or its data practices started with data mesh. Data mesh is something you look to when things start to get really difficult at scale. Much like a good digital transformation, a data mesh transformation isn't going to replace every aspect of the before times Immediately, it's not as if it's a switch you flip. In fact, quite often at most organizations, many new projects around data are still being built, not on the data mesh platform or platforms or whatever, or that they're and they're also not adhering to data mesh practices, or even able to be part of the mesh because they don't interoperate properly in some form or fashion. Right? We're seeing that these new projects 
across these different organizations aren't always <laughs> to data mesh simply because the, the organization is trying to head down the data mesh path. They're on a data mesh journey. It, this seems to be something that no people are really talking about, but it's really common and it's totally normal and understandable. And again, with all this, this is all okay, right? One thing I've tried to, I, I hate to use the word preach, but it actually kind of makes the most sense here. One, you know, one thing I preach is that there are realities people face and trying to be overzealous or overly focused on our approach of you must do data mesh for all things at the sake of kind of the reality of the situation of most organizations, it's just not helpful. Basically, you can't migrate every domain to data mesh overnight. So even as you are building out your mesh capabilities, new projects will be built off mesh, right? Even very, uh, you know, high value, very, you know, kind of key to the company data related projects and things like that. And, and maybe data products will be built off mesh as you're migrating more and more things to being built on the mesh. So let's talk about kind of the even touchier subject underneath all of this. And that's lift of and shift of existing use cases to your data mesh. I really like what many guests have said, but I, around this kind of topic of basically, please don't if you don't have to. But I think Carlos Sauna said it best in episode 150. Their data mesh platform is only for new use cases. When they went to all of the domains, they said, this is only for new use cases. We're not asking you to change what you've already got running because it's already built. It's already something people can rely on and trust. And maybe it's not perfect. It's not what people really, really want, but it's out there and doing this stuff. So trying to tell everybody to migrate something that's already working, just it's not, <laughs> it's not something that people are really going to kind of say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So, you know, these new use cases can be a replacement of something existing, right? Where you think about, hey, we're changing up the way we've built this or we're, you know, this key dashboard or whatever, we're supporting it in a different way or whatever. That can totally be the case. But pretty much everyone attempting this kind of lift and shift approach to a new platform from the you know kind of older legacy platform is is kind of the same as far as i can tell and it's a very very bad experience it's just not something that goes well one thing as well to look in around this is potentially look at the strangler fig pattern right so this this gives you an approach to take kind of what you've got existing and start to migrate it to the mesh without doing an actual migration of the work and the use case as is. So Kurt Gardner introduced me to this, this way back in episode 31. The strangler fig is this kind of really interesting plant that it finds this tree, and I don't know if it's only one um, species of tree or whatever, but it starts to grow up and up and up, and it's a kind of a vine that grows over the, the tree. And it starts to slowly, slowly, slowly encompass that tree. And, and it starts to siphon away a lot of the 
um, nutrients and things like that. And why it does it on a tree is that it can't just support itself from the start. It can't just grow a vine up into the sky. It needs kind of the uh, tree itself to kind of give it that that structural support. But this as a pattern, it's often applied in software and it can be applied in data too. So that you think of something existing, you've got an existing use case on your legacy platform. And you start to take out kind of those value nutrients bit by bit. It's not as if you encase the tree immediately and everything becomes these new data products that you just completely decomposed everything and that you've moved off the, the value. You start to kind of decompose this. You start to split out aspects of that use case while keeping that use case running. So you might say, you know, oh, we've got, you know, these five different reports that are powered off this kind of legacy use case. Okay, the first one, we're going to power kind of this new report and replace that existing report, you know, report number three or whatever. I'm probably not explaining this perfectly, but search Strangler Fig on Martin Fowler's website and you can really understand what this pattern is and how you can start to to think about this, that you start to say, okay, we're just going to split out aspects of what we need this to do into new data products, into new use cases. Essentially, you take out value parts by splitting them into those new data products. And you you don't try to decommission it until it's actually ready. You don't try and say, I'm going to chop off this part and start a new data product. I'm going to chop off this part. You had something that's running. So why kind of mess with something that's already working? One last key aspect here is migrations, those lift and shift, have historically been a nightmare, right? I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but here's another angle about it. When talking with people, especially your line of business heads and other kind of data mesh constituents, make it clear that you aren't going to be dogmatic about this, that you aren't going to force these lift and shift migrations instead of looking to do this in a scalable, sensible, kind of useful way. This is something where you can be explicit. You know, I talk a lot about making the implicit explicit. Go and be explicit about this and prevent that anxiety because people don't want to do those lift and shift migrations. They don't work well. So going to them and saying, this is what we're we're actually trying to accomplish. This is how we're going to get it. We're not going to go through these kind of bad ways that we've done data historically, that we're going to do this in a way that makes this kind of easy for everybody and is right in the long term, but it's also not a nightmare in the short term. So just go out there and actually talk to people. So what are the nets of, of kind of this overall mesh musings in my view? Number one, your, your legacy data platforms probably aren't going away anytime soon, right? Those can have long lives, but look to shut down the unused capabilities. But that stuff is tech debt and it's not, you know, data tech debt is much harder to pay down for a lot of reasons in a lot of aspects. Number two, your new projects, where applicable, should be like data mesh data products, right? But a large percentage aren't going to be that at the start. It's not as if you say, today is our data mesh day and everyone 
you know, every bit of data work beyond today is all on the mesh. When you've, you know, started working with your second or your third domain out of 20 or 30, just doesn't work, right? Figure out some incentives for people to push their new data products to your mesh platform early if possible. I've done a bunch on kind of driving buy-in, a bunch of mesh musings and other episodes. So you might be able to find some good tips and tricks from those, but find those incentives. Number three, you should not look to lift and shift and left unless it is truly easy for all users, producers and consumers. Lift and shift sounds great, but it doesn't work well in all but the rarest of cases as far as I can tell. Anytime I talk to people and they say lift and shift, you just they get a hollow look in their eyes, right? And finally, number four, be prepared for people to get concerned about having to migrate to this new um, platform, to this new paradigm, to everything like that before they're really ready. So communicate strongly around this. Really go to them and say, hey, we're not going to force you to do these silly things that haven't worked in the past. We've learned from our past mistakes. And yes, we want you to migrate whatever you're doing, your work to the new platform. But when the timing makes sense and that we're not saying, okay, you know, we're doing this exact thing versus let's kind of find a higher value way to deliver more value around that information. And in the process, we can start to build that in a more reliable way by moving it to data mesh and building it as a data product. So this doesn't have to be scary for people, but you also aren't going to be able to just go, okay, we're you know, six months into our data mesh journey, we're shutting off all of our legacy platforms. It's just not going to happen. Kind of let that sink in. Don't be, you know, don't make, don't let that get you down simply because it's the reality of the situation. It's not just the reality of your situation. It's the reality of everybody's situation. So hopefully that was useful for you. Scott out. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music.